Welcome back to the Teen Challenger Southern California podcast. Before we get started, we wanted to let you know about a 24-7 prayer and help referral line that Teen Challenger Southern California just launched. No matter what your need is, if you're anxious or worried or stressed, you can call anytime, any day, and a Teen Challenge staff member is there to pray with you. The number is 888-520-0620. Once again, that number is 888-520-0620. We're so glad that you've chosen our podcast today. We know that there's thousands of podcasts that you could be listening to, and you've chosen to listen to ours, and we thank you for that. Up next in this series are the brand new sessions, fresh off the press from our very first Spiritual Emphasis Online. Normally, this is an event that Teen Challenger Southern California hosts yearly at our headquarters in Riverside, where all of our staff and students gather under a tent for three or four days of powerful worship and teaching. But because of what's going on in our world right now, we decided to take the event online and make it a completely virtual event. And what a week it was. We invited the Teen Challenge Centers from around the globe to participate with us. And it was just such a spirit-filled, powerful, life-changing week. We had messages from Don Wilkerson, Jim Cimbala, Nikki Cruz, Gary Wilkerson, and many, many more. Lives were changed forever. Next up in this series is Alberto Bayo. He's a Teen Challenge alumni from 2006, and he's been saying yes to the Lord ever since. He's now a pastor in Kern County where he's involved with our local Teen Challenge Centers. As you listen to these sessions, our prayer is that you would sense God's presence, that you would hear His voice. And most of all, we hope that you're encouraged in the Lord today through these podcasts. Remember to subscribe today to our podcast if you haven't already done it. Be encouraged today. Hey, how's it going? This is Pastor Alberto, and I am so excited to be with you at Spiritual Emphasis Week. Man, this is just an awesome opportunity for me to be with you, and I know that we can be together, all together, at one physical location. I remember being a student at Teen Challenge and just remembering the impact and the importance of Spiritual Emphasis and what it did for my life, but I'm just excited that we can be together digitally, and now we can be together all around the world. So once again, it is my honor, it is my pleasure to be with you. Once again, my name is Alberto, and uh, I am so excited. Look, really quick, I know that we're watching in different centers here in SoCal. I know we're watching all around the world, but I want to focus on SoCal really quick. If you're watching from uh, TCMI, if you are watching from TCMI, would you go ahead and make some noise? Shout out to TCMI. Now, really quick, if you are watching from the Reedley Center, Reedley, would you go ahead and make some noise? Come on, put your hands together. Give God some praise. If you are watching from Kern County Teen Challenge, would you go ahead and make some noise? I'm actually filming in Kern County right now. Kern County, shout out. And if you are watching from Ventura, ladies, where's Ventura at? Love Ventura. If you are at the L.A. Woman's Home, would you go ahead and make some noise? L.A. Teen Challenge. What about Orange County? Orange County, can you make some noise? And San Diego. San Diego is in the house. Man, what a big community we get to be a part of. Really quick before I dive into this, just let me uh, give you a history. I am a Teen Challenge graduate. TCMI alumni, worked at TCMI for about three or four years, and God has uh, c- continued to utilize me within uh, the realm of uh, full-time ministry. I actually believe all of us are called to full-time ministry, but in ministry, I'm pastoring here in Bakersfield, and uh, I'm married to my beautiful wife, Ashley, which I met at uh, the Teen Challenge Marriage Institute. She was actually at a church that we used to do ministry at. We've been married for 12 years, and uh, we have four beautiful children. We have Brooklyn, who is 11 
11 years old. We also have Talia, who is seven. We have Mateo, who is five years old. And Milo, our newest addition, who is seven months old. Her name is Milo, which is short for Milagro, which means miracle. And it is a miracle that we are still alive after four children. But anyways, I'm super excited for this word, and I want to dive right into it. Uh, the title of my message, if you're taking notes uh, today, whether you're watching in the morning, the afternoon, or the evening, the uh, title is uh, Unexpected Disappointment. Unexpected Disappointment. Really quick, I want you to tap your neighbor and ask him if, uh, to get ready. Tap your neighbor and say, get ready. I want you to tap your other neighbor and say, are you ready? Come on, go ahead and do it. Go ahead and do it. Let's do it. Are you ready? I'm ready. So I'm going to be reading out of the Bible because I believe that's a great place to start out of Luke chapter 22, verse 1 through 6. And this is what the Bible says. It says, Now the festival of unleavened bread called the Passover was approaching. And the chief priests and the teachers of the law were looking for some way to get rid of Jesus, for they were afraid of the people. Verse 3. Then Satan entered Judas, called Iscariot, one of the twelve. And Judas went to the chief priests and the officers of the temple guard and discussed with them how he might betray Jesus. They were delighted and agreed to give him money. Verse 6, he consented and watched for an opportunity to hand Jesus over to them when no crowd was present. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for this incredible opportunity to be able to share the message of the good news with uh, Teen Challenge today, God. Lord, wherever we are at on this journey, whether we are a first phase student, we've been in the program for a couple days, couple months. Uh, Father, whether we are a graduate, whether we're on staff, whether we're a pastor, whether we're at TCMI, wherever we're at on this journey, God, I pray that you would speak to our hearts and speak to our minds. Your word says that it will not return uh, void, God, so I pray that it would reap a harvest in our hearts and in our lives. And God, that you would give us a on-time word for the season that we're in or the season that we're getting ready to step into. So, Lord, I thank you. God, I pray a blessing over each person today, God, and we ask this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Before I dive into this, I wanted to share a story with you guys. Uh, uh, I'm Cuban. My wife's actually Cuban as well. Funny thing, we both said we'd never marry Cubans, and here we are. And uh, one of the things about being Cuban is that you always grow up in a baseball home. Cubans are notoriously known for loving baseball, being great at baseball. So when I was born, I came out the womb. My father gave me a baseball bat and a glove. Right out the womb, I only had one choice, baseball. And I didn't make it to the pros, but nonetheless, I love playing baseball. And uh, now that my son, uh, he's five now, but when he was turning four, four and a half, we decided to put him into T-ball to get him started in baseball as well. And uh, so we started him in T-ball, signed him up, and I remember uh, he was on the New York Yankees. And uh, we went out to opening day, and I'm excited to meet the team and meet the coach and see all the little players. And we get to the uh, field and we get to opening day, meet the team, and we realize that we have no coach. We have no coach for some reason. We have a full team, but we have no coach. And I remember all the parents trying to figure out who's going to be the coach and who would take it on for that day. And for some reason, all the parents looked to me. I don't know if they knew that I was Cuban or what, but I ended up being the coach that day by default and the next week by default and the next week. And so I actually ended up becoming the coach of the baseball team, which was a unique experience. My son loved it, although he never listened to the coach. It was a cool opportunity. And the next season, the same thing happened. I didn't sign up to be a coach, but we get to the baseball field on opening day and we have no coach. 
So once again, by default, I end up being the coach of my son's t-ball team. Well, it came time for the next season to come up, and we weren't going to put him in t-ball. We were now going to put him in actual baseball, and we were going to put him in a different league and where I wouldn't be the coach. He was going to have a different coach. And I remember my son saying to me after we signed him up, he was saying, Poppy, I'm, I'm so happy that you're going to be my baseball coach. I'm so excited that you're going to be my coach, Poppy. And I, I didn't have the heart to tell him, but I did. I said, son, I, I don't know where you gathered the fact that I was going to be your coach, but... I'm not going to be your coach this season. You're going to have a different coach. And I remember the look of disappointment and just the look of confusion and sadness in his face. And it was really hard for him to grasp the fact that I wasn't going to be his coach. And he continued to say, but Papi, I want you to be my coach. And why aren't you going to be my coach? And I thought you were going to be my coach. And he said, I don't want to play baseball if you're not going to be my coach. And I felt really bad for him, to be honest, because apparently he had placed an expectation upon me that I never said I was going to fulfill. He placed an expectation on me that I never articulated to him or communicated to him that I was going to be. He, he kind of made this assumption and he had this expectation. And when he realized that the expectation that he had formulated in his mind wasn't going to come to pass, it led to a sense of disappointment. And that disappointment wanted him or wanted to lead him to quit the game of baseball. And I remember feeling extremely sad for him and we got through that moment. But why do I share that story with you? Because it's very parallel to the story of Judas. In the story that we just read, Judas has sold out Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. And for us to understand why Judas did that was because Judas was dealing with a disappointment. See, Judas had placed a misplaced expectation on Jesus. And because the fact that Jesus wasn't fulfilling the expectation that he never articulated or communicated with Judas, that Judas had just assumed it led to the disappointment. And that disappointment led Judas down a trail of sin and ultimately his death. And I think that a lot of times us as believers, if we haven't already done so, at some point we will. We often place expectations upon God that he never communicated to us. He never articulated to us, that he never expressed to us. But somehow, some way we've formulated this idea or this concept that God has this, that we have this expectancy on God to do things that he never said he was going to do. And if God doesn't move in our timing or if God doesn't fulfill it, it leads us to walk in a sense of disappointment. And so my first thought is actually simple. It's this. In order to understand one's disappointment, you must first understand their expectation. Now, I want to unpack this story of Judas because Judas had a misplaced expectation. And you have to understand how I've even come to that realization or I've come to that conclusion. you got to understand the history of Judas. You see, Judas was a zealot, or he was a daggerman. And this sect or this group of people actually carried this dagger with them all the time. And the reason that they carried this dagger is because they believed that when the Messiah was to come, they needed to be ready because when the Messiah would come, the Messiah would be ready to fight the Roman Empire. They would be ready to, he would be ready to establish his kingdom. And so these dagger men were ready with a sword because they were ready to fight with the Messiah in order to be able to overpower the Roman Empire and for them to take their rightful place in this kingdom that they had thought so or conceived in their mind. See, what they didn't realize was that the Messiah was going to come, but the Messiah was going to come to establish the kingdom, but the kingdom of heaven on earth, not the kingdom that they had imagined or the kingdom that they had formulated in their mind. So Judas follows Jesus, I believe, with the wrong motives. 
Because he's following Jesus based on his own agenda. He's following Jesus for what he thinks Jesus is going to be able to do for him and for the place that he's going to be able to hold in the kingdom. And when Judas discovers that Jesus isn't who Judas has formulated in his own mind, when Judas comes to the conclusion and the realization that this Jesus is not going to do what he thought that this Jesus was going to do, he begins now to wrestle with this disappointment. And not only does he wrestle with this disappointment, but he allows the wrestling of the disappointment to override him and consume him and take over him. You would think that if Judas walking with Jesus for a little over three years, would have had the eyes and the ears of his heart open to be able to see and hear clearly the miracles that Jesus did, the teachings that Jesus taught. You would have thought that maybe he would have come to the realization that this Jesus was more than what he fabricated and what he thought and can do more in his life, but he didn't because he was so focused on his agenda. And the interesting thing is, as I told you that, Judas wrestled with disappointment, and disappointment overcame and won him, and it led to the next step, which was Satan entering Judas. You see, Satan entered Judas in his disappointment. Listen to this. In verse 3 of the text that I just read, the Bible says, Then Satan entered Judas, called Iscariot, one of the twelve. you got to understand that the word entered in the Greek means move into and begin to experience. I want to say that one more time. The word entered means move into and begin to experience. So an unjustified disappointment is a playground for the enemy. He thrives in our disappointment. In Judas's disappointment, the enemy moved in and had his way with him. You have to be careful that when you walk in a disappointment that you don't allow that disappointment to override you. When you wrestle with that disappointment, it's okay to wrestle with the disappointment as long as you overcome through the power of the Holy Spirit, but when you wrestle with disappointment and you allow that disappointment to overtake you, it is the playground for the enemy and it has the ability for him to enter you and have his way with you in your minds and in your direction and in your heart and in your emotions. So we need to be careful because it's what took place here. And I see it happen to so many believers as it pertains to disappointment. And what happened? Judas's disappointment led him to betray Jesus. His disappointment led him to reason as he once was instead of who he was being led to become. Listen to this in verse 4. It said, And Judas went to the chief priests and the officers of the temple guard and discussed with them how might he betray Jesus. Now maybe today, some of you right now, you're dealing with disappointment. And maybe you haven't dealt with disappointment, but eventually at some point you will deal with disappointment. But I want to speak to those of you who are dealing with disappointment and I want to ask you, how are you doing with that? See, some of you are disappointed and you don't even understand why you're disappointed. In order for you to understand your disappointment, you first have to understand where your expectation came from and where it was placed. And you also have to guard your heart in the midst of all of that. A lot of, I see a lot of believers, they walk around in disappointment and they never step into the fullness of who God has called them to be because they're constantly offended or walking around in this sense of disappointment because God didn't come through in the way that they thought that God was going to come through. Have you been there before? Are you there right now? 
And let me tell you right now, as a believer, at some point you will fence a sense of disappointment. And right now, maybe some of you in the room, maybe some of you right now that are watching, maybe some of you are dealing with disappointment within the context of leadership. Maybe some of you right now, you're disappointed in leadership. Maybe some of you right now, you're disappointed in a staff member. Some of you right now are disappointed in an intern. Some of you are disappointed. In, some of you are disappointed at, to some extent with leadership, and it's been hindering you, and it hasn't allowed you to, to, to maximize your potential, and it hasn't allowed you to step into the fullness of everything that God has for you because you're walking around with a wound, and you haven't let go of that wound. And let me tell you something. Some of you are walking around with a wound. Some of you are walking around in hurt. And you know what the issue is with hurt? Hurt, hurt was never meant to be a destination. It's a drive-through, but some of you have encamped in your hurt. You've pitched your tent and you've made the decision that you're going to park here and you're going to stay here. I don't want to undermine your hurt. I don't want to undermine your disappointment, but your disappointment and your hurt is not a campground. It is a drive-through. It is not a destination. So if you are waddling in your disappointment, I'm here to tell you put a smile on your face and a praise on your lip because God wants to use that as a catalyst for your future and God God wants to do something great, so I want you to stop wallowing in your misery and begin to give God a shout of praise. Come on, wherever you're at right now, give God a shout of praise for the victory that's on your way. See, some of you are disappointed in leadership. And listen to Galatians chapter 1, verse 10. It says, am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. I can't tell you how many people within the context of ministry I've seen become jaded or thrown off the past because of a disappointment in leadership and they didn't know how to handle it and how to deal with it and how to move beyond from it. Maybe some of you right now are dealing with a disappointment in your relationships, in your marriage, in your children. Maybe some of you right now in the program who you're watching or you've already moved beyond the program, but you thought to yourself, if I get into this program three months uh, after being in, that my marriage was going to be completely restored, that my wife or my husband was going to accept me and everything was going to be peachy king and my children were all of a sudden going to love me. Let me tell you, if you spent a lifelong time or several years creating a mess of your life and a mess of your family scenario, it's going to take time for God to heal the situation in your marriage and the situation with your children. But some of you are angry with God because after three months of being in the program, God hasn't fixed everything and you're trying to ask God why. And God is saying, I'm not trying to fix everything. I'm trying to fix you so then I can lead you to go fix everything after that and I will be with you. Maybe some of you are disappointment in your family. You're disappointed in certain things because you thought God would be different. You thought God would do it differently and God hasn't done it the way you fabricated in your mind or the way that you've, you've, you've planned it and ordered it in your mind. And I'm here to tell you, you need to trust God. You need to trust God to do things the way that he wants to do it in the time that he wants to do it. Maybe some of you right now are disappointed at God for him not giving you the outcome that you hoped for. Maybe some of you thought that it was going to be different. Maybe you perceived a different outcome. Maybe, maybe you thought something different was going to happen and it hasn't panned out that way. And so you're, you're wrestling with a disappointment. Maybe you didn't get that position you thought you were going to get. Maybe you didn't get that job you thought you were going to get. Maybe you didn't get whatever it was. And now you're in the midst of disappointment and you're wrestling with it. And the question is, who's going to win? Is it going to be you through the power of the Holy Spirit or are you going to allow disappointment to have its way with you? It leads me to my second thought. I know my time is limited, but it's this. We must be careful that our disappointments don't lead us to make irrational decisions. See, disappointment often leads us to resort 
back to old behaviors or old ways of life. Listen to this in John 21, verse 1 through 7. And afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. And it happened this way. Simon, Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat. But that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Verse 7. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him for he had taken it off and jumped into the water. Peter goes back to what he deems as normal. He goes back to his old way of life because of his disappointment. See, what happens a lot of times with believers is that when they never get past the disappointment, when they never get past that broken or that sense of misplaced expectation, it often causes us to resort back to an old way of life, to an old way of living, to an old way of thinking, to an old pattern of behavior. I can't tell you how many believers I've seen walk away from the faith because of a disappointment. Because of a misplaced expectation. I can't tell you how many people in the program I've seen leave the program because of a disappointment. Because you gave somebody too much authority over your life and over your emotions that led you to make a decision that affected them for the rest of their lives. And so I even want to tell you and challenge you to be careful. Because the disappointment has the ability to lead us back into an old way of life. And it doesn't happen all of a sudden, it's a gradual erosion. It's a gradual shift. It's the little foxes that spoil the vines. I don't know what it is about disappointment, but it always somehow tries to lead us back to resorting to our old way of life. And maybe some of you right now, you're in this space where you've thought about, I'm talking, speaking to the people in the program, you've thought about leaving. You're disappointed for whatever reason, for whatever reason at God, you're disappointed at, for something and right now you've been formulating a plan on how you're going to leave. You've, you've formulated a plan on how you're going to leave the program, how you're going to leave where you're at, and, and all of a sudden you're going to do great and everything's going to be awesome. And all of a sudden you're the fixer of all things. And I just want to challenge you and speak to you and say, maybe the Spirit of God is speaking to you right now and saying that God wants to deal with that disappointment because He is the Lord of all. He is the God of all. He is the God in every season, in everything. He is never changing. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And He will be the God in the midst of your disappointment. And if you would just give it to Him... And if you would just trust him with the outcome and trust him with the process, you're going to see him do much more, exceedingly more in your life if you would trust him in that moment and in this season of your life. But I'm thankful that Jesus met Peter in his disappointment. I'm thankful that Jesus found Peter in his brokenness once again and restored him back into the ministry and restored him back into what he had called him to do. You know, I often see a lot of new believers fall away because of disappointment. Sometimes we're putting our best efforts forward and we feel that God is not moving on our behalf and it leads to disappointment. I'm going to tell you that sometimes God will shatter your expectations in order to expose the motives of your heart. Did you know that? Sometimes God will shatter your expectations in order 
to expose the motives of your heart. He'll shatter your expectations in order to expose the motives of your heart. I think of King David, and this wasn't even in my notes. I think of King David. King David is anointed as king in the field. He goes and uh, he fights Goliath, goes into the palace. He thinks he's going to be king. And all of a sudden, Saul tries to murder him and throws spears at him. And what does David do? David dodges the spears. David leaves the palace. And then he writes the psalm where he says, God, if there's anything wicked and offensive in my heart, I'm paraphrasing, I want you to reveal it and I want you to deal with it. Maybe God in that moment had to shatter David's expectations of what he thought it was going to look like to get to the crown and look like what it was going to get to the kingdom in order to expose the motives of his heart. Even in a place of honor and dodging spears, David still had the boldness and the humility to pray, God, expose the motives of my heart and show me if there was any offensive and wicked way because I know that when I get to the place that you've called me to be, I can't take these things with me. So maybe just maybe call me crazy maybe God has shattered your expectations because he wants to expose the motives of your hearts he wants to expose the motives of why you want that position he wants to expose the motives of why you're doing what you're doing why you're following him because God desires a pure heart God desires that we follow him with pure and sincere heart so maybe God has allowed that for that reason but I'm going to tell you this what do we have to do you have to learn to manage your expectations you have to learn how to manage your expectations. The great in that, you have to learn how to manage your disappointments. And how do you manage your disappointments? You've got to manage it with truth. Look at what Isaiah 55, 8 through 9 says. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. And as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. So you have to understand as it pertains to, to expectations on God. You have to understand as it pertains to your disappointment that your ways are not God's ways, that your thoughts are not God's thoughts, that God thinks on a whole other level and God operates on a whole other level. And just because we don't understand what he's doing, not, what he's doing in the moment does not mean that God is not moving on our behalf. So you have to understand that God operates in a different realm. And we also have to understand this. Romans 8.28 says this. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So you have to understand that everything that is going on in your life, it's a conditional promise. Romans 8.28 sometimes gets misquoted out of context, but it is, it is a conditional promise, meaning that the only way that that promise is going to be valid in your life is if you do what's attached to that promise. It says, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. So who is this promise? promise for for those who love him Jesus said if you love me you will obey me so this promise is for those that are attempting to walk in obedience if you're walking in obedience and everything in your life everything somebody say everything go ahead somebody say everything is working together for your good in this season and in the next season and in the seasons to come come on if you believe that God is working together for your good I want you to give him a shout of praise like never before knowing that this season right now the next season and the seasons to come God is working together for my good I believe it and I receive it even in the midst of my disappointment even in the midst of my hurt even in the midst of my trial even when I didn't get the position even when they talked about me even when they walk away from me even when they don't understand me even when they come at me that God is working together for my good come on one more time would you give him a shout of praise he's working together you're good. I can't even tell you the amount of times that I've dealt with disappointment. Oftentimes because I've placed too much faith in man. And oftentimes because I've placed too much of 
my own will on God. The Bible says that if you delight yourself in the Lord, that he will give you the desires of your heart. Oftentimes, I bypass the delight and I just go to him and tell him the desires of my heart and the things that I want. It's very interesting that God is this sense of delighting, that God wants us to have community and fellowship with him. You know, in the Garden of Eden, that word Eden means delight. God placed man in the Garden of Eden, in the Garden of Delight. And once Adam was delighted in God, what did he do? God created the desire for Eve in Adam's heart. How did he do that? He brought animals two by two. And when Adam realized that there was no partner for him, it created a desire. But when did that desire come to fruition? When God saw it fit, once Adam was delighted in him. So we need to learn to delight ourselves in God, to abide in Christ, in him, in us. And then he will give us the desires of our heart because his desires now become our desires because we're in alignment with heaven. Come on. That was for somebody today. And my third thought is simple. We must never lose our sense of expectation because of disappointment. Man, that's kind of like a juxtaposition in a sense for everything else that you've been saying that although maybe we've dealt with a disappointment because of a misplaced expectation and now you're telling us to never lose our sense of expectation because of a disappointment. That's exactly what I'm saying. There's something about the longer we go through this journey and sometimes the more hurt we deal with and the more disappointment that we deal with, that it becomes very hard for us to continue to have an expectancy on God to be good, an expectancy on God to move because there's been things in our lives that have been shattered. There's been things in our lives that have been broken. There's things that have gone on in our lives. So sometimes we struggle to actually believe that he is good. Sometimes we struggle to believe that he has our best intentions at mind and at heart. And sometimes we struggle to expect God to move like he's never moved before because we're constantly referencing the past. We're constantly referencing the things that we've had to go through and the hurt that we've had to experience. But I'm here to tell you that God may not live up to your expectation, but he'll always stay true to his word. He'll never veer away from this word. You can, if you're going to expect anything, expect God to be good in every season and expect him to do what his word says that he's going to do. It is the anchor. It is a thing that never shifts. It is a thing that never adjusts. It is always the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if you're going to keep expectation, you're going to continue to keep hope alive, keep it in the word of God because the Bible says this in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 through 21. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all that we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all that we ask or imagine according to his power. Man, if I'm going to live in expectation, I'm going to live in expectation to Ephesians 3.20 that he can do immeasurably more than anything I can fabricate in my minuscule thought process, than anything that I can imagine in my mind, that he can do more, that he will do more, and that he wants to do more, and that he's not done with us, and that he's only getting started, and that this is the beginning, and this is the cat for the rest of your life that it is a setup for what God wants to do in your life man that we would continue to be people of expectation here's what you can expect we can always expect him to be good we can always expect him to love us we can always expect him to have our best in mind and we can always expect him to do it not our way but to do it his way man my heart for us today 
as this community of Teen Challenge would be that we never allow a disappointment to lead us down a path of Judas. That we wouldn't allow a disappointment to lead us to a place where Peter was where he fell away and came back. And maybe you've fallen away and you've come back and to God be the glory. That is an incredible thing. But that's the power of disappointment. When you don't learn how to manage it. When you don't learn how to deal with it. So my heart for us today is that we would be a people that we still walk with expectation, knowing that he is good, that he is the Lord of all, and he's going to continue to be Lord of all over our lives. I'm going to pray for you right where you're at. But if you're in this, you're watching right now, and maybe you're dealing with a disappointment. Maybe you're still carrying the wound of a disappointment. It's not a scar, it's still a wound. Or maybe right now, you're, you're, it's a fresh, fresh hurt. I'm going to pray for you. Because I'm believing that God wants to do something in your life. Father, we come before you today, God. I thank you for everybody that is watching on the other side of the screen, Lord. Father, you know those that are sitting in the room, God, who are dealing with a hurt or dealing with a disappointment. God, I just pray that right now that your spirit would um, bring them peace. That your spirit would bring them comfort. That your spirit would bring them um, a sense of wholeness, God. And that, Lord, that you would bring them healing like never before, healing in their thought process, healing in their emotions, healing in their situation, God. I pray, Lord, that despite the disappointments that we experience in this life, that we would always continue to come to you with a sense of expectancy, Lord, expecting you to always be true to your word, knowing that you are Lord of all, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And so, Father, we trust you, God, and I thank you for this wonderful community of Team Challenge, and I pray that you would continue to bless Team Challenge and you would continue to do great things, Lord. And I just pray a blessing over all of the staff and the pastors that are connected with this ministry, Lord. May you just continue to refresh them. May you continue to inspire and encourage, Lord Jesus. And uh, may we continue to reach more people for you. We thank you and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, I want to thank you guys so much for allowing me to speak into the space of spiritual emphasis. Thank you guys so much. Love you guys. Hope to be with you guys soon in person. Man, enjoy the rest of this week. God bless you guys. Thanks for choosing the Teen Challenge of Southern California podcast. If you haven't subscribed yet, do it today. It's easy. Go to wherever you get your podcasts, click on our icon and hit subscribe. A new podcast filled with godly encouragement, spiritual instruction, and teaching comes out every week. God bless you today.